Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Jonalyn Saxer. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, she's no stranger to the Broadway stage. She's been in Bullets Over Broadway, Honeymoon in Vegas, Cats, Holiday Inn, and most recently Mean Girls, where she understudied Regina, Karen, and Katie on Broadway, and stars as Karen Smith on tour. Please welcome Jonalyn Saxer. How have you been? I'm I'm okay as well as I can be today, you know? <laughs> it's been a crazy couple months. Twenty-four hours. Yep, yep, definitely. <laughs> yes. Glad to hear though that, that you're doing good. Considering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky. You know, I, I've got a great, I'm living with my parents right now and they're super amazing and have a wonderful house and are very supportive. And uh, yeah, so I'm very lucky right now. But I'm sure wanting to get back out on the road and bring audiences around the country. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Which, I mean, kind of starts off my questions. Uh, so. Yeah. I've always known that you wanted to be an actress and perform and entertain people. You know, yes. I think the answer to that is yes. I've been doing theater since I was literally like two years old and my whole family does community theater in the area. And so I've been a part of shows. My family has always been very supportive, actually very, my family, like it was not an option in our family to not do theater. You know, <laughs> we are a theater family and that is what we do. Um, and I would took dance, you know, I, I've always had other interests, but, um, I think by the time I was in middle school and then definitely like freshman, sophomore year of high school, it wasn't just like, I like doing this, but it was also like, I think this is plausible for me. You know, I was doing shows with our local professional theater and I was taking dance classes and, um, doing lots of voice lessons. And, and I knew how I had a lot to improve, but I was like, I think I can go to college for this. And then of course I was like, if I don't get into any of these colleges, then I'm gonna take a second and rethink this. <laughs> but I did, I got into Syracuse and that's where I went and yeah. And colleges are so tough in the musical theater department. Was it, was it competitive to audition for the program? Oh, for sure. I mean, I auditioned, well, I applied to like 12 schools and I auditioned at, I think like five or six of them. You know, for me, college was something that was not an option. Like I always knew I wanted to go to college. I, I wanted to go out into the world um, and be more than just a high school graduate. I, it, my mom's a law professor. My sister's a teacher. You know, we, we're a very education uh, heavy family. And so, um, especially with my mom being a law professor, I mean, yeah. I could go to that school for free. So it was like the, at least I will go there, you know, at the very least. Um, but it was very competitive and I only got into like six of the schools that out of the 12 that I applied to. Um, and a lot of the schools that, you know, I have friends who went to, who go, went to, uh, I didn't get into and you know, it just depends on the day. It's hard. Um, also, not every program is right for every person. And you could hear about a program and be like, I think that's my dream school. Like, that's my dream school. And then you like listen to the actual curriculum and the requirements. And you're like, wait a second. Like, I thought there, like, I was kind of hoping to have more acting classes or more dance classes. Hmm. You know, even I remember I'm very thankful for a friend of mine who I went to high school with who went to Ithaca College. And he came back after his freshman year and I was like, how is it? Like, I'm, I'm thinking of applying there. And he was like, don't. And he loved it. He loved that school. But he said, as a dancer, this is not the program for you. And I was like, wow, that's good to know. Cause I would have applied there and you know, who knows? But he was like, I, if I know you, Jonalyn, I don't think you would like it here. It's a great program. They have amazing people come out of that program. But for me specifically, it was like at that time, uh, I don't know about the program now and if it has more of a dance program, but he was like, at that time, he was like, I don't think this is the program for you. And I was very appreciative of that. Anyways, you mentioned dance. When did you start dance? Because dance has been like a big part of your Broadway career so far. And I mean, for anyone's Broadway career, yes, it, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. So 
I started dance when I was like three years old. Um, my family and my parents, they kind of just like put, we tried every extracurricular, you know, and it's just kind of like splatter it all, try a little bit of everything and see what sticks. And of everything, dance stuck the most for me and I, and I kept with it. Um, I definitely struggled with dance. Uh, my dance studio was really competitive and very ballet based, and I am not a ballet dancer. <laughs> and so it was really hard for me. Um, but I had great tap teachers and great jazz teachers, and I mean, incredible ballet teachers, but I just hated ballet. <laughs> um, but I did competition dance. I went to, you know, um, Dance Masters of America and Showstoppers and a couple of other ones, but those were our two big ones. And I did a lot of tap dances or a lot of musical theater dances, um, which I think helps because a lot of those are conventions as well. Like Dance Masters of America has a convention. So then you take big convention classes, which is awesome for training and for dance. And then I actually went into college and as a dancer, I was like, I can tap dance. And if I want to be on Broadway, it's going to be because I've tapped at the audition. Even in college, I was like, I'm not a ballet dancer. I'm not a jazz dancer. Like I, I can do those well enough, but the only way I'll book a job is through tap. Um, and I was really convinced about that because at my dance studio, I was doing ballet with girls who were, you know, who left high school to go be a part of ballet companies and with girls who went straight into dance majors and contemporary dance companies. And that just like was not the, I am not at that level. Luckily at Syracuse, I got a lot more confidence in myself and I had some really great teachers who pushed me in ballet and jazz and musical theater. Um, and I feel a lot more confident now that dance, I am a dancer and I like to be able to say yes. And I like to be able to be in a room and say, yes, I can do that and show up at an audition and do well. But yeah, it's a big part of my career. Um, and I attribute a lot of that training to my dance theater, my dance studio back home, California Dance Theater, as well as to Syracuse. But Syracuse really helped me become a better actor and singer so that I could dance in the ensembles, but also understudy the leads, uh, which really, really helped make a difference in my career. Yeah, which you've done a lot of, especially recently. I mean, I'm going to talk about it later, but yes. like three roles. That's insane. Yeah. I don't know how you. Yeah, how you it was. I kept run. Yeah, I know. I kept when, when my agent told me that I was like, are you are you sure? Really? <laughs> and then when we re-signed for Broadway, I was like, do they still want me to cover all of them? And they're like, that's what they're saying. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yes. You're like, fantastic. <laughs> what was the most valuable lesson you learned in school, do you think? That's a really, really hard one. Um, because... I learned so many lessons, you know, very specific lessons and very broad lessons. I had a lot of great teachers at Syracuse and um, not just my dance teachers and not just my musical theater teachers, but also my acting teachers as well. I think something that hmm, I'm trying to, to get my thoughts in order. I really, my teachers in Syracuse really pushed me to get better at the things I wasn't good at which is really hard because then you're just kind of constantly failing. <laughs> but if I didn't constantly fail at those things, I wouldn't have ever gotten any better at them. And now they're things I'm good at. Yeah. I also think there's something that my, one of my acting teachers said to me, I, I went into office hours with him and I was like crying. I was like, I just feel like I'm just not good enough at this because, you know, I haven't had anything traumatic happen to me in my life. Like all this stuff. Cause you know, like I'm in acting class and somebody's like, well, when my mom died and I think about that and they can immediately start crying. And, you know, I've lived a very privileged life, a very, very, my family is a normal family um, with hardly any issues. I get along with my parents. I get along with my siblings. I was raised very well in a nice house with financial stability. Um, and I'm very thankful for my parents for that. Um, and I am very aware that that is not what most people get. 
Um, however, in the midst of acting school, I was like, it's working against me, you know, and I had a teacher who was like, don't ask to go through those experiences. Like, you don't have to. He's like, can you imagine what it's like? Like, you have an imagination. Just imagine what it's like. You don't need to go through it to like know the feeling as an actor and you don't have to ask for those things. And I think for myself, it it made me very mentally stable to go into the world where when I look at a script or I go into a show or I, I focus on that kind of stuff, or even with dance, you know, acting while you're dancing, it's like, okay, I, I don't have to put myself Jonalyn through personal pain or search out that personal pain to make sure that me, Jonalyn, is a good actor. Basically, that was a big lesson for me, uh, as well as just like work ethic and working hard. You know, I always say to anybody who's in any type of program, whether it be a BFA program, a BA, um, a certificate program, if you've made it through those two, three, four years of intense study, you can do anything. I get, you know, packets of learn two songs and four different sides the night before an audition. And it's like, oh, this was like work for one class that I used to have to do for homework. And I had to do three times this when I was in college and make sure it was good. So I really have that, those skill sets to do that stuff. They really not only just, um, train you with the methods, but they make you do the methods over and over again so that it's second nature to you. And that's really helpful when you get out into the real world. And I feel like it's impressive to watch actors and like know that, hey, like what they're going through on stage hasn't necessarily happened to them in real life or they, they're not drawing experience based on real life. They're actually like imagining certain circumstances and going off those certain circumstances. Right, you put yourself in, in the world of the character. And, and it's, you know, how can you do Cats if you think like, well, I have to have experienced something close to this. It's like, in Cats, there's nothing close to that. You're Cats. And, and you have to use your imagination and you really have to be good at, at putting your imagine, imagination into your really, real feelings. You know, it's the Stanislavski magic if. But if this were to happen. It, it takes... I think that's why a lot of actors, when you ask them, like, uh, what, like, when as a child they realized they wanted to be an actor, they're like, oh, when, like, I was, like, playing dress up and, like, play, like, pretending my fireplace was, like, a stage. Yeah, and that's exactly, we, we do, uh, Rob McClure always says, I play pretend for a living. That's what we do, we play pretend. It's, it's magical. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. And then uh, pre-Mean Girls, you were in a lot of other Broadway shows as mm -hmm. and like an ensemble, as a swing, as an understudy. I, how did you get into the Broadway world? Like, how did that happen? Because I feel like it's, it's hard. It is. It's really, really hard. Um, I was very, very lucky. Um, I was the right, at the right, in the right place at the right time with the right skill set, and I was the right height, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, that my first two jobs, you know, at three out of the five jobs that I've had on Broadway, being 5'7 was one of the requirements, and I'm 5'7, hey. right? So it's like if I had been exactly who I am, but I had been 5'4, I would never have booked those jobs. So, um, you know, the right place at the right time, the right skill set and the right height for me really um, went through it. And uh, I, it, it's always the hardest to break into the for to get your first job. Um, and the ones after that get a lot easier because once you have that one credit on your resume, you're more likely to be seen for things. You're more likely to get callbacks because it, it shows the team that you have a certain amount of like, oh, I can trust. I don't know this person, but I see that one per thing on their resume. I feel I know I can trust them. Or if I don't know them, I know exactly who to call to ask, can I trust this person? Um, but I made my Broadway debut because I showcased with Syracuse and a casting director was at Showcase and called me in for an audition, not for Broadway, for the Met, 
uh, but Susan Stroman was choreographing. I went and auditioned for that. And from that got the call for Bullets over Broadway. Um, I, it was all happening like the week that I had graduated from Syracuse. It was very rapid. Um, the audition was all in one day, you know? And I had sides and a song. I, I danced, the, we went in at 10, we danced until two, and then we came back at five to dance again. And I think I either found out that night or the night after that I had booked the job. What happened was I booked the job, but I had to go into the theater to try on the costumes of the girl who was leaving to make sure that they could alter them to fit me. Um, and usually they're good about that. Like they can tell in the room if you seem like the same body type as the person who was leaving. But I've had friends who booked jobs who went to try on the costumes and they were too tall or too short or the costume couldn't be altered. And so they didn't end up getting the job. And it was solely for the reason that they didn't fit into the costumes. It, it was, it's really like, just like a luck thing. And I mean, but it's also a talent thing because like you had the talent necessary to fill the shoes. Right, right. You have to, you know, 90%, um, what is it? 90% of it is preparation because you have to be ready when the luck strikes. Cause you can be the luckiest person in the world, but if you're not ready to take advantage of that luck, then you're out of a job. Yeah, if, if you're me and you can't dance, then that's like, no, you're not going to get Well, it depends on if you're, you know, lots of people can't dance. I always say you have to be able to move because there's always going to be an opening or closing number that you're probably going to have to dance in. <laughs> that's true. And that's why I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I want to watch theater and appreciate theater and promote it. There's actually, I was actually talking to somebody yesterday about how many different, how it, when you're in high school, it's not even until you get into the business that you realize how many different facets of the business and jobs there are in communication and marketing and management and all that kind of stuff, not even on the crew, but like just in the companies that make Broadway happen. It's really astounding. Yeah. As a child, you're like, okay, the only place I can be is on stage. And it's like, no, that's totally not mm -mm. true. Yeah. Where were you when you found out you were going to make your Broadway debut and what was your reaction? Um, well, I, what was I? Oh, I, when I got the call that I had booked Bullets Over Broadway, I was having dinner. Um, my boyfriend at the time was like making dinner for me or something. He, I, he was starting to get interested in cooking. So I was like, sure, make dinner. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I got this call from you know a number that's not in my phone um i think it was a two and two because at that time i didn't have an agent and so the casting director directly called me and i was like this is i was like a no number and so half the, you know you see that and it's like maybe it's broadway calling also maybe it's cvs telling you that your you know prescription yeah. is ready <laughs> um and so I like, I just remember I ran into my room, you know, it was in a tiny three bedroom apartment in New York, a three bedroom, one bath, you know, and I ran into my room to have like a little bit of privacy and like I closed the door. I didn't even turn on the light. Like I got the call from this casting director and I was like freaking out and like, I was just like in my room in the dark. <laughs> you like crashed into something. They're like, what was that? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I was like, oh my god, I like, couldn't even like turn on the light when I walked in. I just like walked in the room in the dark, and I came out and I was like, I got the job. And it's crazy. It's um, it's something that I Lindsay Levine was the casting director, and still to this day, I was like, you are my fairy godmother. And I told her that on the phone. She's like, it's so wonderful. I usually just get to tell the agents that you're making the debut, and then they get to you know have the yeah. awesome phone call with you she's like it's so fun to be able to talk to you directly you know i never get to make these calls and i was like you're like my fairy godmother because she like came to our showcase and from that like without her none of my career would have not without her and without susan stroman none of my career would be what it is at all um so i i give so much love to them and respect and thanks i i love that and i'm so happy that 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 happened and that your Broadway career got to take off through that. And I mentioned earlier that you did, you've done a lot of understudying and, um, and you were, you've been a swing pretty mean girls. Mm -hmm. How do you, I mean, it's so hard to 
I feel like it's so hard to memorize multiple roles and tracks. How do you make that easy for you? Um, you just get used to it. <laughs> um, I take a lot of notes. Um, I was also encouraged during Bullets. I, when they taught me the show, they also, they being my dance captains and our associate choreographer, James, uh, taught me also how to swing while I was learning it. He'd be like, okay, this is this. He goes, okay, now go write that down in your notebook. You know, if somebody, if I walked into rehearsal today with my career and somebody was like, okay, go write that down. I'd be like, no, I know what, like, I've got my method, like, it's fine. But I was so fresh and I was so new. And I think this is the reason why I became such a good swing was because I walked into that room and I walked into that process being like, I will listen to everything you say. Tell me what to do. I will use everyone's process. I will try everyone's note taking, you know, and he was like, write it down. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll write it down. <laughs> you know, I was just so excited to be there. And I think that really set me up to be the best swing possible because I, it was like walking into another course at school. And I was just like, yes, teach me everything. Where I think a lot of times people walk into rooms or into their Broadway debut being like, I know what I'm doing. And it's like, so you, you don't, a lot of the time you don't, there's, there's nothing like being a swing um, on Broadway or on a national tour. There's just nothing like it. Um, and like, I learned the show by myself in a rehearsal studio, you know, we'd run a number and it wasn't a big group number with everyone else doing it. It was like, just me, you know, it was a crazy experience. Um, but I take a lot of notes. I write a lot of things down and then I organize those into really, um, into notes that I can have backstage with me, you know, that list things, not just, you know, what foot you start on, what count, you know, your canon is on, but also on, um, you know, like, where is your quick change backstage? Who is your quick change with? Do you take off your hat first or do you take off your shoes first? Or do you change your wig and then change your costume? Or do you change your costume and then change your wig? And these are all really important details to know. And so I write them all down. Um, and once you have them written down, it's like when you are studying for a test, like if you write down the answers, you'll remember it rather than just kind of like reading it through. Like if you take your own notes from the textbook, you'll remember the information because you've written it down. Uh, and so I do that with all of my notes and understudying and swinging. And then it's just trusting yourself and it's making room in your brain. You know, sometimes I, I feel bad because people are like, oh, I remember this dance. And I'm like, I don't remember that dance at all. But it's because once I left that job, I did another job where I had to learn eight other dance parts. And so I just forgot all of those. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how, like even two dance tracks or would be like, what yeah well it's actually a lot of it is just the same dance you learn for bullets i would learn the dance and then it's like okay well what numbers am i on where am i in the formation and it's always like at your first one is always the hardest to learn and as you start learning more and more you're like oh you know kelsey can't be on four because i already learned britney and britney's on four and so kelsey is on six and so you start to piece the puzzle to, you know, when you're doing a jigsaw puzzle, right, the edges are the hardest. The first thing you do is the hardest. And then once you start putting it in, you're like, oh, I see this. Oh, I know this pattern goes here. Oh, I know this. And it's the same exact thing when you're swinging as you learn more and more. Um, like for cats, I learned five tracks. Cats was the hardest because they, it wasn't like learn one choreography and everything is you're just on different numbers. Like really it's like five different shows you had to learn. Um, but Within that, I, Bomb Ballerina, I had four weeks to learn of like normal rehearsal. Cassandra, I learned in like two weeks of rehearsal. Demeter, I learned in like a week and a half. Tantamile, I learned in a rehearsal and a half. And Jenny Annie Dots, I learned in a rehearsal. What? <laughs> because... I, right. I was like, oh, okay, Jenny's next to bomb here. I know that. So now I know where Jenny is. And oh, she's on that side. I did that side when I was Demeter. Great. I got up. Great. Move on. It, I'm sure sometimes you're like, it's amazing how my brain works. <laughs> it is. It is. And I've always, I've always been very, very type A. And I've always had a weird eye for details and the way I remember things. And people are like, yeah, I think it, you know, we said it as something like this. And I'm that person who's like, actually, we said it exactly like this because I remember that moment in rehearsal. They said that this wouldn't be able to happen. And so now it's this. But like, whatever you want to do is fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> Love it. And how, I feel like swings and understudies 
understudies are starting to get a lot more appreciation, but I feel like people don't understand, like to the extent of like to the extent they should what swings do and what like swings jobs are. How do you think Broadway should go about like making people help to make people audience members understand that? Yeah, well, I do think there is an issue with Broadway, and and of course, but it, it's all because the audience and the general audience see what is marketed and they market the principles. Yeah. Um, and they market the onstage cast. And so you have so much to battle as a swing and an understudy. And if you're in a show and they're marketing the lead, then you're their understudy. They, the, the team and the show has set you up to disappoint the audience before the curtain has even gone up. As an understudy, you're not just there to do the track. You're, you have to, so like, right, you walk into a show and you're at a neutral place. And you, as like the onstage actor, you just expound upon that neutral place. Yeah. As an understudy, you walk in and people are already expecting to be disappointed with you because you're not who they thought they were going to see. So you, just to get up to that neutral and then to get above that is a lot more work. And it's just because the Broadway community puts so much emphasis on principles on the principles and this is not even just marketing it's it's with pay too you know as a principal actor you you can negotiate for more money there is no room for negotiation as an ensemble um like shows can be you know after a year you renew contracts i know people i know principals who in the same company they got two thousand more dollars a week and the ensemble member who maybe is associate dance captain or dance captain asked for 25 more dollars and they said no but they you know and so it's it's really difficult because you're like we we don't have any leverage because we're also not the face of the show we're not on the posters we're not and so i think i think with social media it's gotten better because shows are more likely to let the ensemble member do a takeover of the Instagram account or repost ensemble member pictures, um, which is very helpful, but there's still, you will always be fighting against shows like longer running shows. It's not as big of a deal when you see an understudy, but when it's like, ah, you came here to see the original Broadway cast and now I've seen the understudy. It's like, who knows? Cause you know, that understudy could end up being two years from now winning a Tony for another show. And wouldn't you, you know, I saw Ariana DeBose play the leading player in Pippin, right? But I bet you there were, you know, 70% of that audience walked in and was like, I'm not seeing Patina Miller and I'm mad. It's like, yeah. but you would, you would fall over yourself now to see Ariana play that role, you know? And it's just like, you don't even know what's going to happen. And, and so I, I feel like that is the most difficult part. Um, but I don't know if there's a way to change that. I think if we just, you know, I think there's been a big push for like a best ensemble, Tony. Um, and I don't think that would be a bad idea um, because I think that also so many shows, the principles are great, but they're driven by the ensemble. And so that show is not going to win a best actor, Tony, but it could win a best ensemble, Tony, but it's just the nature of the story that you're trying to tell. Um, and, and the work of the ensemble, usually those kinds of awards, like the best ensemble is, I also account to like best choreography. Yeah, that's right you know is, is very similar but not the same um and i i don't know if there is a way to fight it but and it's just the way the world works and the business works and if you are not happy with that then being an ensemble member is not for you <laughs> um i will say being a swing is the the most rewarding and the most unrewarding job ever because you save the show when you save the show, but nobody knows who you are. You're off stage for a majority of the time, or you're not the person people thought they were going to see. Um, but I will say it's harder when a show first opens. When a show has been running for a little while, it becomes a lot less hard. I'm see, I'm that person who gets like really annoyed that that you all that like swings understudies don't get enough of the appreciation in a show. And I come and like take pictures of the board when like all of the swings are on. Yeah. I'm like, yes, it's a magical and I, night. <laughs> and I think with like with with um social media and the the amount that the fans 
of the shows don't only know the principles, they also know the ensemble because social media has allowed us to have that connection on our own, I think has made a big difference. I think the biggest thing for me was when I was in Cats was the first time I ever was like, oh, like people care about everyone, you know, because um, it is an ensemble show. Cats is an ensemble show. And so, you know, no matter what cat you were, also your face is painted. So they don't know if you're the person who is supposed to be playing it or not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, half the time somebody got hurt mid show and there was two different people in the audience had no idea. Um, I exactly but but yeah so that was really great and with mean girls as well um i will say you know it's why i really really despise bootlegs is because no matter what if you post a bootleg of an understudy almost always or any bootleg really there will be like there are so many people who are like oh i love the way she does this so oh, i love the way he does this i love the way he sounds on that note i love the way she sings this song but i think speaking for myself and I know speaking for a good amount of other people, all we see are the people are like, yeah, but she doesn't do it the way this person did it, or he didn't hit that note, or like, why did he do an alternate harmony, you know? And it's like, that's all we see because that's ours. We're still people. Yeah. Like, yes, I know I don't do it the same way. I know I sing a different harmony. I know that this is different because I am a different person. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it's still hard you know, to, to really, really ignore that. We are, we are people and we're actors and we are very, very self-conscious people, actors. It'd be personally annoying if someone who was understudying a role that I've seen went on and did it the exact same way as the lead did it. The well, I think uh, what I always say um, to people who are, might want to be understudies or who are going into being an understudy, you can do your very best to do it exactly the way that person does it it's going to be different because you are a different person. Yeah. And so I also say that because some understudies are like, I'm going to make it mine. And it's like, don't do that. <laughs> Not don't mess up everybody else's show, right? The show is created with these people, with these choices, with these ideas. So don't just go in and be like, I'm going to mess everything up. Like, that's not what we want. <laughs> but know that you, you have to, I always say, I try to have the same intentions right? If, if this person says this line to, in a way to like, be like, oh, I'm going to scare her or like, oh, how dare she, or this person's going to do this. And that's going to be my same thought process. But no matter what, the way I say it is going to be different because it's me. Then I say to any understudy or swing, I say, when it's your song or your moment that doesn't affect anyone else, you do whatever the hell you want to do. You know, I always say that to my Karen understudies. I'm like, you're on that stage during sexy you just stay on zero do whatever you want i mean as far as i know the the dance captain and the stage manager will tell you what to do but i think you should have the freedom to do what you want it's your number yeah. you know when regina's on stage by herself and world burn do make sure the props are in the right place and you're hitting your mark for the lights but otherwise sing it sing it the way you want to as long as the music directors know you're going to sing it that way right that is your that is your space However, when you're doing a scene or like any scenes with the plastics, it's like you can't that those rhythms are so set and they're so sharp. You need to stay in that rhythm so that the show continues. So we get the laughs that we've built. So it's all, all those different kinds of things go into it. And I love what Mean Girls did because I mean, you have been with Mean Girls for a while and you were in it from the National Theater days, correct? Correct. Was Danielle in it too then, or was she in it a little after? Because she did. No, she joined. She joined partway through our Broadway run. Okay. Because and you all both are now on the tour as leads. What? Yeah. So that's amazing, and that's super cool that you all got the opportunity to jump from covering roles to being leads and being on eight times a week. What I appreciate is that Casey Nicola and Tina and Jeff and Nell and David Turner and just the whole team at Mean Girls, if you work for them most of the time, most of the time, right? But, and, and this goes for a lot of teams in musical theater, especially the ones, the big teams, the people, you know, Susan Stroman, Casey Nicola, Jerry Mitchell, Dennis Jones, all those people. Sergio, if you work hard for them and you show up for them, they will do their darndest to show up for you. And yeah. so I think 
for me, you know, I showed up when they asked me to be the Karen understudy and I was there and, you know, lots of other things had happened in my life. Like I, you know, changed some days off that I was supposed to have when Kate got injured so that I could be there and, and all this kind of stuff. And when they asked stuff of me, I was like, yes, I will do that for you. Of course, I will be there for you. And so when I was like, can I be considered for this? They were like, yes. And they know my work ethic, right? If you call out sick all the time, or if you are a miserable person in the building, if you're angry all the time, if you're complaining, and then you're like, hey, will you give me this? Like, they're probably going to be like, no, <laughs> but yeah. they will do their darndest to show up for you. And, and I will say that in a way, because that happened for me, that happened for Danny. Um, and then our dance captain on tour, Ishelle, um, was our vacation swing on Broadway. So even though she never really was ever out of the building, right? A vacation swing, you know, you could be on salary one week, not the other week. It's very like, ooh, okay. But Ishelle was there most of the time. But with the tour, they were like, not only are you just a swing and there, but we also want you to be dance captain. And so she now went from being a vacation swing to not having ever been in a rehearsal studio to be working really, really close with our associate choreographer and with Casey Nicola and right there with them, taking notes for them, making the show happen with our associate director, Casey Hushin. Um, so they, you know, cause she showed up as a vacation swing. Whenever they called her, she was like, I'm there. Can you learn this track? Yes. Okay. Can you learn this track in two days and go on for it next week? Yes. She was always there and she was always saying yes. And she was always doing it. And so they, you know, paid it forward. And it's the same thing with like Olivia Kaufman who, um, right before the shutdown was taking over for Janice. Like she showed up as an understudy and as a standby and she was there. Um, and, and Becca as well took over for me. Uh, Becca who took over for my track, she showed up as an understudy, as an associate dance captain, as a swing and she was there. Now, every once in a while, um, what, what I do say is that they try their darndest because sometimes the chips just don't fall properly. And as much as they want to give you the thing that you're asking for, business, money, costumes, space, all that kind of stuff can get in the way. But it always, it will never hurt you to show up and say yes um, in the long run. I that mean, was a long answer, but. <laughs> no, no, no. And there's, and there's like other roles on Broadway. Like pe people know each other. There's connections. So if you build, like if, you have there's always connection and the thing is right if it doesn't work for you with this person you go into an audition and somebody and then that choreographer is like oh she seems really good but i see she was in mean girls let me call casey because you know they're good friends let me call casey or casey hushin and and see what they think oh you love her too great i was thinking of having her do this thing oh you love her and she's amazing awesome of course i'll put her in this thing and that just got you the job hey it then i mean uh you were covering as i mentioned three roles so what role did what role did you step into first first of all and what role was your favorite to cover besides karen which you're now playing on tour yeah well i stepped into karen first uh because we all knew who we were understanding for uh but in dc when we're at the national theater they, you know, it was the out of town try it and they said we only have enough money right now and enough time to make costumes for one understudy. And so they're like, Jonalyn, we're making costumes for you for Karen. Right? And they were like, Zurin, we're making new costumes for Gretchen T. We're making new costumes for Katie, Becca, you're getting costumes for Regina. So that kind of set us up so that when things were changing on the daily, I wasn't worried about Regina or Katie changes. I was worried about Karen changes because I knew if Kate fell and broke her ankle or if she came down with strep foot, I was like, I'm going on for Karen. <laughs> um, and and it's nice. Sometimes they do that. Sometimes they don't. I, my first show bullets, they set priorities. They said, these are your four first four girls. These are your second four girls. Learn your first four girls first and know them the best, but also know your second four girls. I made my debut with one of my second four girls. So it's not saying you don't have to know those other people, but with how the chips fall, that's kind of the thing. So I learned Karen first. I rehearsed her first. Um, I went on for her first. And I went on for her the most out of all of them. Um, also because Karen didn't have any offstage covers, right? They try okay. not to. 
take somebody if they don't really, really have to. And sometimes they would, you know, for Regina, I only ever went on for Regina during vacation or during planned days off. If she got hurt, oh, am I frozen again? Oh, if she got hurt or if she called them that morning and said, I'm not feeling well. So like if Taylor, if Taylor called out sick, they wouldn't put me on because they had an offstage and then two offstage covers to put on, right? Because when I go on for a track, not only do I go on for a track, but also somebody has to go on for me. So it just like, it just makes more work for everybody to do more work for our wardrobe, more work for backstage. There's more switch outs. So it's, it's more work for everybody with Karen. There wasn't an offstage cover. So I went on and then once the under, other understudies had rehearsal, then they would get put on and we would share it and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I went on for Karen the most. Um, I probably did between Karen and Katie in rehearsal the most. Okay. Um, because yeah, because I would either be Karen or sometimes like if we had a, a, not as many people at understudy rehearsal, I would do Katie and then say Karen's lines because Karen doesn't have a lot of lines. Um, and we would like skip over sexy, but yeah, you know, um, and then, cause like Danny learned Katie and then she had to learn Janice and then she had to learn, um, Mrs. Norberry and Becca, you know, was sometimes couldn't be Katie if she also had to be dance captain or like we would, we would switch out a lot in rehearsal. Like she would be Katie. And then for where do you belong? I would be Katie. So she could watch as, you know, dance captain to see what, what a new swing or a new ensemble member was doing. So there's lots of switching out about that. Um, I went on for Regina the second most. Regina's not my favorite person to go on for. She's very stressful. I can imagine. She's also alone. <laughs> She's alone for a lot of the show. Uh, most of her changes are by herself. She's on stage by herself. You kind of don't do anything, and then you sing a really hard number, and then you don't really do anything, and then you have a really hard quick change, and you don't do anything, and then you sing another really hard number. And I was like, okay, I'm done with I'm okay. I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> Once I got used to Regina, it was really fun, but I went on for her four times and I didn't go on for Regina for another six months. So then I went on for her again and I was like, oh God, I haven't done this since last summer. This is different. Okay. Get it together. Let's do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I mean, I enjoy going on for Karen the most. I always say even performing Karen, she's the least amount of work with the most reward. Um, you have like one line per scene and it's the big laugh line every scene. It's the memorable line. And it's, you know, she, yeah. hey, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> it's actually like do less and you're better. The audience just loves you <laughs> because, because you're playing a character that's like so iconic yeah. that people have loved for years. And once I finish sexy, I'm done. What's your favorite character? Oh, I always get asked this and I never know what to say. There's a lot. Mm. A lot of good things. I feel like there's a lot. Um, I think it's probably between two. Um, either there's no way of knowing. Um, partly because we ended up saying that line all the time in our normal life on tour. Yeah. No, there's no way of knowing. You know, <laughs> there's just no way of knowing. Um, or, um, it's that line in rule of twos there, um, but I'll still be your friend because it's kind of when like Karen's a human too. Yeah. And I think sometimes people forget that, but for me, especially in my Karen, it's just that moment where I can just be like, I I'm here, Katie. Like I'm a person and I see you. Yeah. She's. She's a, she's a, one of my favorites for sure in the show. And I feel like the, you talked a lot about the sexy scene. I feel like the sexy scene is a lot like, it's kind of Glinda, Glinda-y in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, they're similar type characters. Yeah. It, but what I, what I say about, say that again. You have a lot of freedom to like change up like the comedic takes in that scene um yes and no with sexy 
there is no the music uh all our songs are on what we call click track okay um so they press a button and the song goes and if you forget a line the the conductor has no control okay interesting it's just going and so actually a lot of mean girls is on a click track which is great because the tempos never change but to get that kind of pop synthesized sound they needed to do you know like a dj but you don't have that in you know we still have our horns and we still have our piano and our guitars but um with with like sexy uh the if you were to look in the pit the only people playing are like the guitarist and our drums everyone else is sitting there with their instruments that's all already recorded i did not know that okay because what instrument makes that noise your computer makes that noise that's how they do those noises in real life so we did a computer to make that noise <laughs> um and so there's no stopping so you don't like i can't change the rhythm of the song i can't take an extra moment here or there you just got to keep going and that's part of the joke of it and you and everything's just kind of happening just stand on zero and say the words and you're fine i always say with karen it's like if i feel like i'm not landing jokes i'm just like just stop doing extra stuff tina wrote amazing words nell wrote amazing words just say the words all you have to do and they're really good at hiring people who can just say the words when uh when did you find out that you were gonna be the lead on the tour like who told you did you uh did they bring you into the audition at all or did they just tell you hey you're gonna be the lead yeah so it was actually um a kind of complicated thing basically i said like i would like to be considered for this and they're like great and my agent was like she would like to be considered for this and they're like great um but i had some other things happening where i um was shooting the west side story movie and so i was like okay so here are my options either i leave mean girls to do west side story and that's what i do or if they don't want me to be Karen on tour, I would love to do Mean Girls, take a leave of absence, do West Side Story and come back to Mean Girls. Um, I didn't have to re-audition. Um, it ended up what, so I, Kate had a vacation. So I went on for the majority of her vacation days. And then the Monday after that, I got the call from my agent and he was terrible the way he did it. He said to me, he was like, so, they're not giving you a leave of absence i was like okay he goes because they're offering you karen on tour and i was like ah! <laughs> but he was like but you can't tell anybody not even in the building because there was just a lot of other things like other people asking to be on the tour you know it's like they you know it, it was a little bit like first come first serve <laughs> like i was the first person who asked to go on tour <laughs> because they didn't want to lose half their ensemble and understudies to the tour and so they yeah. just didn't want to deal with saying no and just all this kind of stuff and and with like replacing my track you know if becca was going to do that or what they you know there's just so many management has to deal with so many things so many chips falling in the right place so so much stuff and they were like it would just help us if you didn't tell anybody <laughs> yep so that's so exciting and so then i and then i had to keep it I know it was so exciting. I just not good at lying. And so people would ask me about it or being like, are you leaving for West Side Story? Are you getting a leave of absence? Have you heard anything about the tour? And I'd be like, hello. <laughs> I like went up to our company manager. I was like, tell me what to tell them. I can't lie. I'm like terrible at lying. And I think a lot of people, a lot of the girls yeah. kind of had guessed before they found out because they know me. <laughs> But um, trying to lie. <laughs> yeah, but it was definitely tough. And, and then of course I could tell them and then I couldn't post anything. I couldn't even, I didn't even, by the time I left Mean Girls, um, I still couldn't say that I was going on tour. Oh my goodness. So I found out in February that I was gonna be Karen on tour and I couldn't say anything until July. Yeah. Props, I, I can never. I could never, the secret would be like spir spiraling around. Did you hear? <laughs> I know. It's really hard when you're really excited. And also when people, you know, if, 
people are saying like, oh, you, you like, what are you doing with your apartment? Like, what do you, what do you mean you need this? Or like, hey, like my birthday party, I'm doing this thing on this day. Like, can you do this? And you're like, no, I won't be available. Like, and it's really hard. Yeah. And that's like, why? I can't say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I want to talk about your, the teaching that you're doing. But first, uh, what are you looking forward to most when Mean Girls Tour is able to come back? just doing the show. I just want to do what I love. And uh, something that I, that I think I've always kind of realized about performing in general, but especially now is when I go to do act one of Mean Girls, I leave my phone in my dressing room because there's no time to check it. And, you know, with so much stuff being through computer screens, I miss that my job required me for like two hours to be present with people on stage with no no computer screens, like no chance of checking Instagram, no playing games on my phone. I just had to be there with people. And I really miss that. Um, and it, and it, this is why I also hate it when people take out their phones at shows, because it's like, we're just asking you for two hours to just put it down. You don't have to check Instagram. You don't have to take a picture of this. You should not be filming this. Just watch, just be here with your eyes to things that are in real life in front of you. Um, so I really miss that. It's so special in the moment. And I feel like it helps to watch the show live rather than on TV. Yeah because like you're not getting the full I see it right in front of me yeah yeah but yeah and so I've been teaching a lot virtually yeah. of course uh during this pandemic I teach private tap lessons uh one-on-one -on -one tap lessons 45 minutes um weekly or bi-weekly um to students of all levels from people who've never tapped before uh, to people who are advanced who want to learn more tricks, um, all ages. And I also can be booked through Artists and Beyond and Broadway Plus for Q&As, meet and greets, um, acting the song, musical theater workshops, which I love. Um, and if you have any questions about college musical theater, like sign up for a Q&A with me and, or, you know, book me out for a half hour. And uh, I help out with Syracuse with a lot of their auditions. So I've been on the other side of that table um, and at least for Syracuse, know what, what goes into some of those decisions. Um, and yeah, you can find me on Artists and Beyond or Broadway Plus, um, or you can email me at booking at gmail.com. Love it. And where can people follow you? I'll put the links in the description. Where can people uh, follow you on social media to keep up with what you're doing? Yes, I'm mostly on Instagram at jksaxer. Uh, anything on Twitter is just really reposted from Instagram and I'm on TikTok. Uh, I tend to post Ooh. my puns first on TikTok now. Um, and that's, I believe it's princess JK glitter. I love it. <laughs> my so TikTok much. name. I love it so much. That's so clever. Yeah. Well, anyways, I, thank you for coming on and talking to me on this. Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!